Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of two college athletes. He has a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 324 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. The Athletic Scholarship Podcast is one of the many free and inexpensive recruiting education resources under the Recruit Me umbrella. These are tools that you will add to your recruiting toolbox, knowing they will enhance your opportunity to get a chance to play your sport in college. You can get a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast app by liking or subscribing to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Since the Athletic Scholarship Podcast is the world's longest-running recruiting education podcast, you can go back on your podcast app or go to recruit-me.com to listen to past episodes. This episode was inspired by two influencing thoughts. The first thought came to me when I watched the one-hour and 42-minute documentary called Facing Nolan on Netflix. This documentary is about the larger-than-life retired Major League pitcher Nolan Ryan. I grew up collecting Nolan Ryan baseball cards and getting to hear about and occasionally see clips and games he pitched on TV. Back then, we didn't have cable or satellite or even ESPN, so the legend of the Nolan Express and his 100-mile-an-hour-plus fastballs, his brushback pitches, and his no-hitters were what a baseball-loving kid wanted to be like on the mound. The Facing Nolan documentary followed him and his career and his family from youth baseball in a small Texas town of Alvin, Texas. Nolan's arm was noticed early in youth baseball, and a scout for the New York Mets followed Nolan as he threw his blazing fastball in high school games. Catchers struggled to catch him as he threw hard and wild, and some high school batters refused to dig into the dusty Texas batter's box for fear of getting hit by a bone-crunching fastball. The documentary showed how a classmate named Ruth also noticed Nolan in high school, and how Ruth, a former high school state championship tennis player, was a driving force for Nolan's pro and family careers. The documentary provides many interviews of major league batters, foes, and teammates, telling how powerful and intimidating Nolan Ryan was. George Brett, Dave Winfield, Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, and even President George W. Bush described Nolan as the most intimidating pitcher ever, or that he was like Superman. Interestingly enough, Robin Ventura turned down an opportunity to be interviewed for Nolan's story. If you don't know the Ventura-Nolan Ryan story, Google it. The documentary states multiple times that Nolan holds 51 Major League Baseball records over his 27 Major League seasons. Here are a few of the records he holds as he pitched for the New York Mets, the California Angels, the Houston Astros, and the Texas Rangers. Records like most strikeouts, 5,714, seven no-hitters, lowest batting average against, 204, and six 300 strikeout seasons. These were some of the positive and mind-blowing records that he holds. Also, he set records for giving up 2,795 career walks, giving up 10 grand slams, and 757 career stolen bases allowed. You got to take the good with the bad. Nolan Ryan's major league career started as he debuted for the Mets September 11, 1966. When he was activated in 1966, he was at that time the second youngest player in the major leagues. 
As Nolan's raw talent would show up from time to time when he was a Met, he also had his struggles. When the Amazing Mets of 1969 won the World Series, Nolan was not one of their top pitchers, but he did come in in a relief appearance in the playoffs to help the Mets get the National League Championship and eventually a World Series victory. What caught me while watching this documentary was Nolan's ups and downs early in his career. His wildness and his lack of understanding the learning process on how to be a consistent and successful major league pitcher. After his 1971 season, Nolan wanted to quit. He wasn't making a lot of money as a professional player and was not seeing improvement in his pitching techniques. His wife, Ruth, was said to have pushed Nolan to stick with it and not give up. So there was a possibility that after five years of pitching in the major leagues, Nolan could have been done and off to just being a dad or a veterinarian or a rancher. No 27-season career. No 51 major league records. No Hall of Fame induction. After Ruth put her foot down and Nolan continued his career, he was traded to the California Angels and was able to get more starts on the mound and more innings to learn how to be a pitcher. He also got a pitching coach that paid more attention to him and helped him fix a couple of pitching delivery flaws that made Nolan's command vary. From then on, the Nolan Express was set on the tracks to his Hall of Fame career. The reason I give you all this about the documentary, Facing Ryan, is that three big items relate to you as a high school or even a college athlete. Number one is that you may need someone to kick you in the butt, and you need to listen. Nolan was young, 22, 23 years old, with a family, a rocket arm, and was facing his first non-success ever as an athlete. He listened to what I'm sure was a hard-to-swallow discussion, or pep talk, or tongue lashing, and used it to get back on task. He also took advantage of a trade to get and learn from a new pitching coach. Here is a clip from episode 319, part two of two of an interview with coach Josh Reynolds, formerly with Northwestern Baseball, and now with PBR Colorado. Hear what he says about the many recruited players not failing a lot, like Nolan, and how his coaching staff talked to those freshmen and how those freshmen needed to adjust. Yeah, and it's just you see it. Like a lot of the guys who, you know, you recruited, they, they, don't, they don't fail a lot, right? They may have a game, but then they go four for four the next game. So, like, what you see is with the, the younger, you know, freshmen when they show up on campus, it's, you know, they have these expectations of I'm, I'm going to be this guy, I'm going to come in and do this, and then all of a sudden they get dominated in the fall, you know, whether it be a hitter just getting dominated by the pitchers as soon as they get the scattering report, um, and then they learn how to pitch him, or, you know, pitchers just not being able to get guys out because they're starting out, you know, 2-0 or their flat fastball is just not getting people out down the middle, you know, or the, the strike zones change. It's not the high school strike zone anymore. So then it's like, oh, man, I, I've, I've lost it. I don't know how to pitch anymore. And you, and you see, you know, kind of their mental side kind of they just don't trust themselves anymore. Well, it's like, no, like you're still good. You're just now playing against grown men again, you know, like just like you did when you were a freshman in high school, you weren't ready to play varsity. And that's why you didn't play varsity for the most part. Uh, but now you're trying to go play varsity as a freshman. And it's kind of that same cycle all over again. You just got to get them to understand you're good enough. You just have to get better. You have to continue to work on little things of command. Um, the, don't get yourself out of the plate. You know, you can't just swing at, uh, you know, every first pitch and expect to have success because these guys can pitch. So these these hitters can hit, like whatever it may be. So, number two, he used his tools and training to make changes in his preset pitching habits. Nolan took his raw talent and worked and worked both physically and mentally to become the Ryan Express. 
He, now a Hall of Famer, had to struggle and work and learn to become the icon that he is. His past success didn't make him a shoe-in to be successful. His talent alone didn't make him a legend. Not only did Nolan work hard early in his career, but the documentary shows him working out hard in the weight room in his 40s to keep his career going. His work ethic, his demeanor, and his willingness to change and adapt did bring him success. How many high school student-athletes have all kinds of potential and are labeled can't-miss or five-star athletes? I used to say that you can take potential and 50 cents and buy a Coke. Well, today it's $1.50. The third item that inspired me was that Nolan's journey, though possibly bigger, as in Hall of Fame bigger, is not much different than a regular high school athlete's or college athlete's journey. I have done 120 episodes of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast myself since taking over the Recruit Me Education Company in June of 2020. I have had the opportunity to interview many college athletes, college coaches, and parents of recruited student-athletes. At the end of the interview, I usually ask the guests for a couple pieces of advice they would give to a high school athlete as they get ready to go play their sport in college. So I'm going to go back into those interviews and let you hear how the guests responded with advice to you, the incoming college athlete. You will see how these advice sound bites relate to the theme of this Facing Nolan documentary episode. I'll lead off with some clips from interviews from my oldest son, Parker Hanks. Parker pitched for four years for the Northwestern Wildcats, and these clips are while he was still in college. The first clip is from episode 256, and Parker talks about not to expect anything given to you right away, and for you to be ready for competition. And also from episode 256, he gives advice to players that are entering college, especially after signing their national letter of intent. Don't expect anything right away. Don't expect innings. Don't expect to be on the field playing time, you, you know, you might be the top dog in high school, but once you get there, there's guys that are four years older than you that you have to compete for. And that's what it is. It's a competition every day. And so you can't take time off. Outside of baseball, what lessons have you learned that might help you after you graduate? This might connect to, to baseball a little bit and it obviously helps, but like to do well, you just got to work your butt off at everything, whether it's school athletically, just really anything. Like, you're only going to get out of it what you put in. You hear from Parker's college coach, Coach Josh Reynolds. There are two clips that talk about controlling what you can and training at a high level. You got to enjoy it, you know, and you got to give yourself a chance to not worry about things you can't control and just control what you can and get better, get in the weight room, work on the mental game, you know, train train properly. Of Don't just you know, go hit on the tee all the time and think you're working on your swing. Challenge yourself. Put yourself up against the machine throwing 95 plus and see if your swing can catch up to it. You know, with the hitter, like put yourself in there versus division one pit or hitters when they come back for, you know, Christmas break or in the summer. See what you need to work on. You know, go watch games at the high level, you know, whether it be division two, division three, division one, JUCO, and see if you're that type of player. In the second clip, you hear how you can prepare yourself for college by training at a high level, a high level of strength and also mental strength. Be strong physically, you know, and, and obviously the the strength is a big part of the game, right? And it has always been. It's always been. I just think it's more focused now um, and just done better now because you have strength coaches. You have people that are there to, to guide you and train you um, individually and as a team. So I think the strength part of it, and it's not just of in the season, 
Hey, I'm, I'm not going to work out because I don't want to. Yeah. You have to be able to train all the time. Cause if you, when you show up to college, that's what, that's what they do. Programs train year round. Um, it's different based on the time period, but you train year round. And just what we've noticed is guys who show up who are more physically developed, um, have a chance to get on the field quicker, right? They, their, their bodies don't break down as the season goes on. They don't go from throwing 87 to 82, you know, because they're just not strong enough. So that was, that's probably the one thing I'd say is just make sure you have a program. You're working with somebody, you're in the weight room, whether it's at school with somebody individual, a gym. Um, and start as soon as you can, you know, and, and, and continue to build that and make that a big part of your, your game. And then I think the other one is just the mental game. Guys, for the most part, like we're going to go out and we're going to see like baseball players, you know, as a college coach to like who we like, you know, so like things were like, like does he have the strength? And what's the mental game? You know, like the baseball part of it, like, yes, I like that. Um, that's good. But be strong from a mental standpoint and work on it. You know, train yourself to, hey, there's an air behind me, behind me. I don't walk the next three guys. So what? Move on. You know, you give up a home run. You're you're in the zone with the, the next couple of pitches. I mean, I think those are two things that get overlooked and everybody thinks, hey, let's throw 90. Hey, let's do this. So that, that's a that's a part of it, you know, but the, the ones that separate guys are physical strength and the mental game. Go back and listen to episodes 318, 319, and 320 for more from Coach Josh Reynolds. Coach Reynolds said to control what you can. And in episode 214, Coach Neil Stafford, the Missouri State University men's golf coach, covered that thought too. What would be some advice that you would give to student athletes and families that maybe we haven't covered about getting recruited? You know, I I just would say control control the things you can control. You can control your, your attitude, your effort, how dis- you're displaying yourself when you're out competing. You know, I'm just really a believer that things are, things are going to fall into place. Uh, if you just control, control the controllables. Golf's a, an expensive sport, uh, as are, you know, a lot of sports. And I know travel is difficult outside the area. And there's, you know, we, we all get that. We all understand that. That's what makes my job difficult. And I want it to be difficult because that means we have a good pool of student athletes that we're considering for a particular class. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can control how, how hard you work, all, all those things you can control, your diet, your, you know, your workout regimen, your just attitude for sure. If you do all those things well and, and continue to get a little better at something each day, the end result is, is going to be a good thing. To bring home the hard work aspect of preparing for college, Here's a clip from a former college baseball player, Miles Mensa. Miles was on episode 220, and he lays out his advice. Miles competed at Hofstra and fought through injury and COVID to play baseball in college and to get his degree. Hey, going back to recruiting, uh, what is your best advice to help a student athlete in high school get recruited? My best advice, one, would be work your tail off. Work your tail off is like if you're a pitch, if whatever sport you're playing, work your tail off and you know you will get rewarded for it but i had the pleasure of recently interviewing my nephew easton hanks easton just graduated from division three westminster college in fulton missouri and played three years as a defensive back on the jays football team easton's clips sum up the theme of what it takes to play the sports you love in a high level go back and catch episode 321 for the whole interview i would say you got to work your butt off because it's during those summers, it's, it's pretty hot when you get up there. I learned that at the first, uh, first summer. So you got to be pretty conditioned and yeah, you just got to work your butt off, kind of get conditioned, work out. 
I would say that the first year I went up there, I wasn't expecting to start or anything like that. I expected to be like second string, but over the summer, I kind of worked hard and it paid off. So one of one thing I took away was, you know, you always work hard. It'll always pay off in the end. That one saying it's like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I thought it was always cheesy. And then, you know, you, you go play college football or college athletes or whatever sports. It does. That saying actually paid off for me. There are many inspiring stories in sports of both underdogs and can't-miss athletes. The Facing Nolan documentary shows that Nolan wasn't either and was much like a college freshman as he entered professional baseball in the 1960s. He was a young, talented pitcher from a small town and had to learn on the run and almost on his own to navigate his career early. As he hit some hiccups, he had to mentally get stronger and had to look in the mirror and actually look and listen to his biggest supporter, his wife Ruth, and take the challenge. If you get a chance to watch the Netflix documentary, see if you find inspiration for your sports journey. This isn't just for baseball, but a lesson for any sport. Last week, I introduced the all-new Recruit-Me.com website. In honor of the new website, I'm offering the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System for only $89. This already inexpensive resource, normally $127, is available to you on Recruit-Me.com. Click on the Recruit Me 3.0 link to get more information on the system and to get access. Thank you for listening to this episode and like or subscribe the Athletic Scholarship Podcast on your favorite podcast app to get a new 15-minute episode every Tuesday. Or go to the recruit-me.com website to get all the past episodes. Join me next week for another 15 minutes that will change your athletic scholarship future.